Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me. We're going to get to this week's weekend recap and rant, but first, I'm going to holler at you. If you have a beard, if you're looking to grow a beard, check out thebeardstruggle.com. They have awesome beard products, guys. I'm serious. Like, I still have my beard. I usually shave this thing off, like, in April or May. Definitely never made it this far. Um, and I'm just having a hard time getting rid of it because I actually, I'm really liking it. Usually it's out of control by now and it just manages the beard really well. Never thought I'd be a person that even used beard products, but here I am. So if you've kind of been on the fence about using it or you already do use, um, some beard products, you're buying them from the Walmarts like my buddy Jimmy and he was giving me all sorts of shit about it like ah it's the same stuff I get from Walmart blah blah this that and the other thing well he ended up forgetting his and he used mine and he, and he was like yeah it's the same stuff ah, he puts it on his Facebook it was like I don't know an hour or two later he's like yeah this uh the beard stuff's uh, pretty good I uh yeah I kind of like this might have to get some <laughs> so check it out uh give it a try thebeardstruggle.com I do believe they have some samples you can order just some samples but um Get buy a kit. That's what I did. Get the beard shampoo, the beard balm, the elixir, all that good stuff. Keep your beard in perfect health, and uh, gonna save you a little bit of cashola. So use Full Scale 15 at checkout. That's thebeardstruggle.com. Savings code Full Scale 15. Save yourself 15% off. Get a better beard. Boom, just like that. All right, let's get to the weekend recap and rant. So for the recap, um. I got uh, the first club tourney bass fishing tournaments coming up this weekend. And so I was doing a little pre-fishing, and turns out I suck. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, actually, I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. My confidence isn't that great uh, right now with my bass fishing skills uh, or lack thereof. I've kind of struggled all season long. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not happy with my performance. I mean, I've caught fish. But I'm just not catching the quality fish that I want. And it's uh, really, really starting to bother me. Um, 
So I got to figure out. This got to be like when a quarterback throws an interception or something. Now I'm inside my head and I'm doubting all my decisions and I need to get refocused. And uh, so if anybody's got any tips and tricks with that, they'd like to share. Uh, I'm all ears because uh, kind of in a low spot right now. And I got this club com- tournament coming up and I want to do well. Um, yeah, I got to just. I don't know. I'm just going to go fishing, I guess. This is all I can do. But, I mean, like I said, I'm finding fish, you know. And right now, depending on where you are in the state, um, I know down in the metro area, the bass are pretty much, they're they're moving into their summer patterns. They're fully recovered from um, pre, or from spawn. Uh, the lakes that I was pre-fishing, I found some beds, but nothing was on them. They looked pretty fresh. And so, I, you know, my excuse, of course, is like, oh, the post-pond blues. But here's the problem with the post-pond blues excuse. As that I was been using that excuse uh, throughout the state different times, uh, I'm seeing other people catching fish, catching really good fish. So it's just an excuse. I Bottom line is I'm not doing what I need to be doing. I'm not making the changes that I need to be changing or fishing the right waters or fishing the right stuff the right way or whatever the combination of stuff is. Clearly, I am not doing it the right way. So I got to just keep going back to the drawing board. Um, try some stuff, I guess. What do I, what do I got to lose? So my plan this, uh, this weekend, which isn't much different than my usual plans, is to... Um, Hopefully, <laughs> get my bag quick. Get my get my five. That's I mean you gotta have five even if they're just legals. Um, that's just that's just a weight. I mean it's just some one less thing I have to worry about. To like I can't believe I can't catch five, you know, twelve inch freaking bass in a lake. Which, well, I can't say that's never happened. It did happen up on Island last year, but that was a. Uh, that was a tough lake. Even at the TOC, there wasn't very many people that brought in full bags, especially both days. So I didn't beat myself up too bad about that one. But normally, especially with largemouth, you can find some some little ones. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. And I have kind of a strategy going in. I'm not going to give it away here because uh, I think some of my club members might might listen to this podcast. At least kind of hope they do anyways but uh uh they're all good sticks so i'm kind of kind of expecting to to get my butt kicked to be honest um but i'm gonna go out i'm gonna fish hard i'm gonna do it do what i can do what i know fish my strengths um i think i have a decent game plan um but i'm gonna kind of do something different this this part i can share and this has kind of come about because of um that's a little different perspective. So what I'm going to do, and so one of the lakes, and it's mostly, it'll mostly apply to this lake. We're fishing Bay Lake first. And Bay Lake in um, Minnesota, north of, north of Garrison, has a lot of different arms. you got to go through some channels, and you get to different bays. And, you know, it's a pretty decent-sized lake, and it's got a lot of different kinds of waters. People are going to they're gonna be able to kind of spread out. Instead of getting caught up in the running and gunning, and just zip into this part of the lake and then zip into that part of the lake and zip into over there. I think I'm going to pick a certain arm or a certain bay body of water, and I'm going to try to dissect that body of water. And the reason I'm kind of thinking that way is because after I did that podcast with Christine Fisher, Midwest Fisher Gal, if you haven't listened to that one, that was a really good 
really good podcast. Um, that one wasn't that long ago, so go back in the Full Scale archives and, and check out Christine Fisher. Um, she's a ca- tournament kayak angler, and that got me thinking. It's like, these kayak anglers, man, they don't have the ability. Even if you're in a Hobie and you got the pedal drive and you you know, you know can move pretty good, but you ain't zipping from one end of the lake to the other. you got to kind of pick your poison and, and, and fish. And there was just a tournament on Chisago here, which I fish a lot because it's pretty much right out my back door. And that one took 90 inches for five fish. And so that's that's averages, that's five 18 inches. I mean, that's, dude, I'd be happy as pigs and shit to bring that into weigh in. So again, these are kayak anglers. So they obviously know how to break down a chunk of water. Like, again, they're not running and gunning, they're not jumping and jiving all over the place so maybe that moving around isn't really helping me much so i'm for better or for worse maybe this first event's going to be a sacrificial lamb and i just fall flat on my face and it doesn't work but i think i'm going to take a chunk of that lake and i'm just that's where i'm going to live for the whole for the whole day i'm going to i'm going to live and die by that part of the lake and you know i can fish shallow i can fish mid i can fish deep and just really pick apart a spot, try to find a spot on the spot. I've been reading a couple other things, like um, some guys are finding small wolf packs of post-spawn fish feeding up, you know, like good ones, like three to five pounders, and there's only like, you know, half a dozen or less of these little pods. Of course, they're finding them on their, like, Hummingbird 360 HD or whatever, which I don't have, uh, would really like to have, uh, but... I don't, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta deal with what I have to work with, and uh, this comes with electronics. It's not a whole lot, um, but I feel like I can get it done. So I'm gonna poke and prod around, get in some weed flats, try to find some um, bare spots, some hard areas, and uh, just really kind of try to surgically pick these things apart and uh, see if I can't find some of these bigger fish. Cause man, I tell you, I just have not been able to been able to <clears throat> been able to find them excuse me so the other thing i did is uh so we went fishing joel and i went fishing again um monday morning just fun fishing picked the lake oh, excuse me got a frog in my throat here <clears throat> there um and again just beating myself up because i i'm kind of struggling i'm catching fish but i'm not catching quality fish and he didn't really light them up either but he caught some better ones of course, the one, the good one that he caught was over three. That one did hit my frog, like pop my frog up off of his lily pad, and he just happened to be right there. He pitched back in with the jig, got hit, missed it, pitched back in again, and then it, then it hit it, and he caught it. So, you know, if, had I been fishing by myself, I would have thrown back in with the jig. I would have done the same thing. So chances are I would have caught that fish. Would have would have made me feel a shit ton better, <laughs> but uh, that's not how it worked out. So, anyways. We did that, but then we just fished the morning pretty much, and then I did finally did something that we always talk about and I never do. Gonna switch gears in you guys. We went and we started scouting out some goose fields. Now, obviously, we're not looking for geese. We're looking for the types of fields, and we were keeping our eyes open for um, any field that had really good visibility that could be a good traffic field on a migration day, um, checking which fields in the area have small grains, 
and we did locate a couple of really good small green fields. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get a hold of anybody to procure permission. Um, so I'm going to have to keep that in mind and uh, not get too wrapped up in the fishing thing because I need to lock down some fields um, because I would like to really start booking some hunts this fall. So if you're listening to this, yes, Full Scale Outdoors is going to eventually, it might not happen this fall. I really want it to happen this fall. Um, that's my goal. Um, but I really want to start offering guided uh, goose hunts uh, in my area. So stay tuned. Um, of course, I'll blast all the social medias if that happens. If I get on some good fields and I and I lock down these fields that I really want to lock down, then uh, then it's on. It's going to be a good season. And there is so many young Canada geese this year. It is going to be, or at least should be, a target-rich environment come uh, come September. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, man, it could be really good. It could be really good. Uh, there's a lot of fuzzballs out there right now, and I'm seeing them in different stages. Some of them are starting to get their white cheek patches. Some of them are, you know, like mid. I've, even like a week or so ago, I saw some like brand new, fresh fuzzballs. So they lost their clutch, more than likely, probably to predators or something. So they reclutched and, and started over. But man, I'm telling you that the goose population is doing just fine. So that should be. I'm looking forward to that. So there's your weekend recap. Uh, for getting to this rant here, this is kind of a weird one. I shouldn't say it's a weird one, but um, I'm going to throw a lot of bro science at you. I, I try to do some digging, and I'm not really coming up with anything timely. I saw one article on this, and it was like on my phone. My brother shared it on Facebook and tried to open it up, and it was a Star Tribune. And the thing I hate about Star Tribune is that if you're not subscribed, you get to read about three sentences, and then this big pop-up covers your whole screen. And I don't even I don't see the X where you can, dude. I'm not subscribing. All right, sorry. I'm just not. There's free news everywhere online. Maybe that makes me an asshole, but it is what it is. And I can't read your stupid article, and that just makes me irritated. It actually turns me off. Like maybe I would subscribe, you know, if you offered some. I don't know what you would offer me, but being a pain in the ass is not going to get me to. Uh, I don't like put it this way. I don't like your articles enough. I definitely don't agree with your opinions on uh, a lot of issues there at the uh, Star Tribune. So you're definitely not going to get me to subscribe by being a pain in the ass. Let's put it that way. So anyways, side rant. That's a side rant. (laughs) We're going to get to this. So what I am talking about is elk in Minnesota. Now, we've had elk in Minnesota for a long time. We've had a season um, on them some years. Some years we don't. It all depends on on the population. And this is for... A very small zone in the northwest part of the state, and there's two separate like herds that we have going on up there. Um, but there, this year we already missed it. God, I wish I would have looked at this early. The application deadline was June 12th. That sucks. Like just missed it. I'm recording this on the 16th. Son of a god. I actually would have liked to um, apply for that. That would be that would have been super cool. Um, but they're gonna offer. This year they're offering 44 licenses, and that's up from 27 that they offered in 2019. They're trying to get the, um, they got to bring that herd number down a little bit. It looks like they they had a pretty good season, so there's uh, too many of them. Um, 
they're going to have like three different kinds of tags too. You can get antlers tags. There'll be you can apply for a bull tag, or you can apply for a um, a tag that gives you both. And I don't I don't remember how many uh, different kinds it has. Four antlers tags and three either sex tags will be available in the Kitson zone. Uh, four antlers tags, three either sex tags. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. So, anyways, well, it doesn't matter if you applied. Good luck. Good luck to you. It's too late now. I can't get in on it. Uh, I bring this up because, you know, in this, they, they're talking about reducing the herd size in this area because, you know, this, there's a lot of ag- agriculture in that area, and uh, elk do cause a considerable amount of damage, uh, crop damage. I mean, they're a big animal. They're a goddamn forest horse. So they eat a lot, and they, you know, rip stuff up and you know, rip bales apart and um, yeah, it can be quite a, quite a deal. But on top of that, this, this article that I was trying to read in the, uh, pi- or the Star Tribune is that the Minnesota is, is looking to reintroduce elk into a different part of the state. They're looking at put it in the Northeast, um, part of the state where there hasn't been elk. Well, not in recent history anyways, um, so where they're looking at putting it, let's see if I can, uh, fine, I just had it highlighted. No, I lost it. Um, I believe it's up around Cloquet. Uh, where the heck is that? Oh, potential habitat for elk is going to be in the Cloquet Valley State Forest north of Duluth, uh, the Fond du Lac State Forest near Cloquet, and the Namaji State Forest near the Wisconsin border. So um, they're looking at it up there to reintroduce them now on the surface i'm all for it and in that area there's not there really isn't as much agriculture up there so they might run into less problems um as far as you know crop depredation and and stuff like that uh i love it as a new opportunity as a hunter you know i mean there's a lot of people in minnesota that a don't have the time a don't have the money have the ability to travel to these western states and go on these, like, you know, for some people, these are dream big big game hunts. I mean, these things cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So if you could get, you know, a tag here, and I don't believe they're super expensive, um, to hunt elk right here in Minnesota, that, that's a great opportunity for a lot of people to have that experience that they wouldn't otherwise likely get. And I'm throwing myself into that in that group for sure. And, I, you know, people that know me and listen to this podcast know I'm not a horn crazy obsessed person as far as trophies so i like to eat wild game so i would be more than happy with a cow elk tag and that would be too that'd be sick um i don't know there's gonna be much of a rant to this is more of a outdoor news part Uh, one a rant might develop but we'll see how this goes so this got my brain spinning and i think i commented on my brother's post about this and i said the problem with the reintroduction of elk in this area, or say one of the problems, is going to be a similar problem to getting our moose population back to where it should be. We haven't had a moose season in Minnesota in decades, and there have been multiple studies of this. You know, some people, oh, it's too many wolves, it's, you know, it's too many ticks, it's too many of this, too many of that. Um, it's not wolves, guys. I, I I know the wolves are the easy big bad wolf, <laughs> um, the easy villain to the story. 
Um, but I've actually done quite a bit of research on this. Minnesota has always had wolves. We had when when we extirpated the wolves from the lower 48 everywhere else. Minnesota still had wolves before they were taken off the endangered species list in the West, and they started hunting them over there. And I covered this on an earlier um, recap and rant, and I'll just I'll recap this rant for those that may not have heard it. But if you combine all of the Western states, California, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Wyoming, New, you know all of them, New Mexico, Nevada. Colorado, all of them. If you add up all of their wolves, Minnesota, right now, Minnesota has more wolves in our state than all of those western states combined. So that's, yeah, we have a lot of wolves, but we've always had a lot of wolves. They come and go freely from Canada into here, into Canada into here. It's not the wolves. Why people hate the wolves is the same reason it's going to be a problem with the elk, like the what I think the fix is for the moose, and it's going to also help the elk, is going to piss off the people that hate the wolves the most, and that is white-tailed deer hunters. Sorry, guys, but if this is going to happen, so yes, there's always been whitetail up in northern Minnesota, but that northeast part of the state has never had a lot of whitetails because it's not typical whitetail habitat. They like the edge kind of habitats, farmland. They love farmland. Because it's all edge. It's all edge stuff. And they don't really do like the big expanses of bog swamps and, st- and thick forests. That's not that's not really what whitetails do. And and they're not really designed to evade predators and that kind of a, a situation. It's not really their habitat. That's why we've never, you know, you go back 20 years, we had moose. There was no problem with moose. But as we clear forest and we make new farmland... We're making prime whitetail habitat, which isn't necessarily prime moose habitat. Now, moose can live in agriculture areas, and that's evidenced by if you go in North Dakota, they got they got moose out there, and they're running from cornfield to cornfield. But what you're apparently they don't have this issue in North Dakota, which I find weird. I got to do some more research on that. But what we have found out with the moose is the main problem that they're dying is of brainworm. And they get that brain worm by eating um, snails and slugs. That's how the life cycle of this um, worm works. And whitetail deer are a carrier of that. They get it, but it doesn't. They have the natural defenses, so it doesn't kill whitetail. But they spread it. And when the whitetail zone and the moose zones overlap, and with their population as high as it is, I'm talking about whitetails, you exponentially increase the risk to these wolves and they're getting this brain worm and that's what's killing them and that's what's keeping their numbers down so i did a little bit of research when i read about this new elk herd and i just typed in are elk susceptible to brain worm and they are so that could be that could be a problem with you know if if that area of the state is already so rife with brain worm I don't know how well the elk are going to cope with it. Now, maybe they're better at coping with it. I don't know if they're as susceptible as moose. I didn't really find any kind of numbers uh, one way or the other. It literally just said, yes, they can get brain worms. So I don't, you know, take that for what it's worth. That's why I'm saying I'm throwing in the bro science. I'm just throwing my opinion in here. So what I would like to see, this is just my opinion. It's going to piss off a lot of people, but... I would like to see them make that moose zone, make that elk zone, and they need to have an intensive whitetail harvest. I mean, it should almost be 
If you see one, shoot it. I mean, we need to really limit that whitetail population in that part of the state. And I know people that if, they're, if you hunt up there and your family is always hunted there, I get that. And that would suck. And but we gotta we gotta find some compromises. I mean, if we're gonna bring those moose back, I mean, I want to live. I mean, moose should be in Minnesota. Am I? I mean, this this should be. It shouldn't even be in just in my opinion. Like this is where they've always been. This is where they should be, and they're struggling. And us as hunters, as conservationists, I think we need to step up and and make those sacrifices. And again, this is gonna <laughs> this is really gonna piss some people off. Um, but in my opinion, I a lot of whitetail hunters have kind of that same mentality that a lot of walleye fishermen have that they want basically a put and take fishery. They want a they want a deer around every tree so that they can just go out there opening day, get their limit or you know fill their tag with 12 point bucks and they get their four bonus does and they want it to be easy. And then that's why they start bitching about wolves cuz they go up and their stand that they've sat in since they were 16 years old and we didn't see a single damn deer for two weeks the fucking dnr has messed it all up with all these goddamn wolves and blah 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 they have all these excuses right so a lot of walleye anglers do i hear that from you know non-stop and i'm not talking about you tournament guys you you're you know you're a different breed you got your specialized you know what you're doing you rarely keep fish anyways but you got you all know who i'm talking about you're like weekend warriors they go up there they go up to their lake they didn't catch a limit it wasn't their fault there's there's got to be some, there's too many cormorants cormorants are eating all eating all the fish it's the goddamn muskies they have stock muskies in these lake and they're eating all the goddamn walleyes they want to put and take fisher you want to get up there and go troll for two hours and come back with a limit with one 30 incher that you got a trophy with like and if it's not easy there's there's clearly there's something wrong you know and it's ridiculous so not to go off on too big of a tangent but walleyes are the most stocked fish in the state we put them in all sorts of waters where they they've never historically been. Like we just, it, it's ridiculous. And and I'm fine. I'm actually fine with that. I don't care. But when you go out and you don't catch fish, don't come crashing down on musky guys because you know they want to expand their opportunities. Because there's been a numerous studies that show there's no correlation between walleye population and muskies populations. There's just there's just not, right? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll continue to say it. Beat you over the head with it. You pick your five best walleye lakes in the state. They're also the five best musky lakes in the state. So that clearly that's not the problem. All right. Let's we just can we put that one to rest for once and for all? For goodness sakes. So, anyways, side rant to my side rant there. Um point being going back to the elk, the sacrifice and the compromise that we're gonna need to make is we're gonna need to have zones of the state that are managed for specific reasons and it's not that different than managing a lake by lake by lake by lake structure this is how this lake sets up it's really good for this and it's really good for that and it's really good for this so here's how we need to manage it for those things and this lake over here is totally different you know it's a cold and clean this is a trout lake it's whatever so you have this ecosystem in the northwest part of the northeast part of the state sorry that is prime for moose habitats where they've always lived but now there's too many deer the dying of brain worms what do we got to do we got to reduce that deer herd so you're going to end up having a really aggressive whitetail 
hunting structure. So you're taking as many of those deer out as you can. And um, I don't I don't know, other than going in there with sharpshooters and everything else, I don't know how else you're going to do it. You can't just build a big fence around it, you know. Um, so I think those regulations should apply in that in that part of the state. And that's going to help this potential new elk herd as well. And so instead of worrying about, am I going to get to shoot a deer this year? Hopefully some year you can put in for a moose hunt or an elk hunt, you know, or travel to a different part of the state to hunt deer. I mean, there's no shortage of them. They're fucking everywhere. So um, I know people are resistant to change. And I've hunted here. I've always hunted here. My granddaddy's hunted here. You know, sometimes you got to adapt, man. I mean, that's just how it is. And whatever. If I've pissed you off, let me know. <laughs> Let's keep this conversation going. You can go on uh, my Facebook page, uh, Full Scale Outdoors. There's a Full Scale Outdoors group. That would be the perfect place to start this dialogue, and, and we can yell at each other. And, uh, you know, hit me with some facts. Hit me with some information. Hit me with a different perspective that maybe I haven't thought about. I'll think about it. I'm pretty open-minded. I, I I'm not an expert at this. I told you this is bro science. This is just my. This is just me spitballing here. I could be totally off base, um, but it makes sense to me, anyways. So check all those things out. Uh, full scale underscore outdoors on Instagram, Dale Luganville on Snapchat, and uh, follow me along. So we're coming into it. Tournament season officially kicks off Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully, I do better than I have been doing. <sighs> tell you what my eagle could use a good day on the water that is for damn sure so there it is all right everybody thank you so much for listening i appreciate it if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review where possible and share it share it share it share it share it that's the that's the the main thing i can do is to is get you guys to share it to reach you know utilize your network so we can reach people that may not be that may not be aware of it. All right. Uh, before I go to, make sure you check out my friends, uh, Patrick Patches Olson from the Lone Angler podcast. Love love his podcast. Doug Glimmerine, Smackdown Outdoors podcast. Um, he does lives on Facebook. They're super cool. I was watching it for a good chunk of time last night, just on the deck, drinking a beer. Good stuff, man. Um, you can't ever get too much outdoor content if you're like me. So uh, check those out. Waypoint Outdoor Collective, wherever podcasts are found, uh, Full Scale is on there, along with all sorts of other great outdoor content. Download the Waypoint TV app. Uh, great, like super high quality, actually produced good shit on there. Hunting and fishing shows. Podcast is on there as well. Um, so check those things out. Give those things support. Beardstruggle.com, Full Scale 15, save yourself 50%. Boom. There, I think I got everything out of the way. So once again, thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate you. Whatever your passion, pursue that full scale. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.